Welcome to Sounding Board. I'm Andrew Elliott, your favourite slayer of sacred cows. With me, as always, the minority of one, Nick Elliott, my brother. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm fine, thank you. Like liking the intro there, giving us some nicknames. Yeah, I thought we'd we'd do more playful. Yeah, we'd we'd do a bit of a bit of a Dave Smith. Um, yeah. Do you know what? Speaking of Dave Smith. Okay. That that that's a a great segue. Thank you, Andy. Um, so I was listening to um, him have a chat with uh, Michael Malice uh, in the last week. Yes. Because uh, uh, he's on his show a lot, isn't he, on his podcast? And he said something. In fact, they were talking about um, Dave Smith's appearance on um, Rogan, which I haven't, I haven't listened to. It's yet. very good. It's very, right. very good. I haven't listened to. Well, you might have a lot more to come back at me with this on Ben. Um, I haven't listened to Rogan since he's been on Spotify. Not that I don't have Spotify, but. It just doesn't appear on my podcast app anymore, so it's just a bit more difficult to get to. Um, but I've got some other other things that I wanted to kind of expand upon on it, and he might have covered this in his in his podcast. But I thought we should talk about this stuff. Now it's it's surrounding stuff that we have spoken about before, including uh, the idea that if you if you give the state more power, if the state takes more power then it's all very well if the person you like is in charge. But, you know, what happens when, in quotes, the bad guys get in? Uh, and, we, know, it's the sort of thing we've been saying this for years, haven't a- we? Abs- absolutely. Um, but I thought this was an interesting angle. And it's that you might agree with all of the steps that have been taken in the last year. Yeah? You might think that everything is is proportional that everything that was done this time around for this virus was absolutely necessary but what about next time what about what about the time after how will you know whether it's right then if you haven't scrutinized this time around what's to stop any bad actor good actor anyone from using the, the newfound powers that the state has given itself for something else, because he he gave the didn't he give the example of you're in a boat and a snake jumps in <laughs> yeah. and you you might think right I need to I need to shoot the snake but a, I've also a venomous snake a venomous snake <laughs> I've got to shoot the snake but it's it's okay to still be worried about the hole you've made in your boat yes. that, that was his point wasn't it I think it was a very good analogy. Um, but yeah, I, I want to talk a bit more about that. So, you know, what what are the what are the circumstances that have to arise for authoritarianism to be okay for a particular you know cause? Yeah, oh, and these I'm going to say a lot of these questions, but they're not really questions for you. These are questions for the people who are supporting and have supported what's been going on um, across the world, but certainly here in the UK. Um, for the last for the last year, but what what are the thresholds that that need to be that need to be crossed? Because I think they can now be conjured up wherever the state wants them for whatever it is that they want to do. Now, now you could say, oh, yeah, oh, but it's a virus. Well, then okay, then that just means they have they can invent another virus another time. Let, let or, alone, or they could do it for flu. Yeah, exa- exactly. Let alone for an existing virus that you know um, we can now look at the deaths for, or SARS-CoV-3, or whatever other variant that they wish to uh, come up with. But it, 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 just the fact that I don't think they've thought this through, 
Because what's to stop any government from doing anything they ever want from now on? The, the precious democratic process and the checks and balances that that certainly right-wingers like to... Well, right and left-wingers like to go off of, but right-wingers don't want to let go of their, their, their classic state institutions and shibboleths. Well, they all went in the last year. So... What's going to what's going to stop something even worse happening the next time around? Yeah, so I, I think what what I see happening now is not not happening for a virus, but the rationale will be we did all this for a virus. Global warming is far more serious, therefore we need to do exactly the same thing for global warming. I mean that that is that's the obvious one. And you can see them which... kind of starting to pivot on that already. Oh, I think. Oh. Absolutely. Um, there's already policy documents and speeches and uh, and everything else and and the um, uh, the certainly the, the all the, the the newly ennobled Tory lords that should have been on our side all starting to talk about oh, Green's not that bad kind of thing. And well, it, it's a it's a something must be done kind of mentality again. It's it's like well, it might not be as bad as people think, but we should probably still do something anyway. The it, the precautionary principle again, isn't it? My my worry is that is that people will now just trust whoever is in power in a crisis, as long as both sides agree. I'm talking about the political sides now. Now you and I know that whenever the politicians agree on something, that it's bad. That's, okay, that's the ultimate red flag, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, uh, Iraq War financial crisis to to name the two most recent events crises for want of a better term uh that you know in our political lifetimes um but the the moment that there's no opposition it's just end game territory wouldn't you agree oh for sure yeah absolutely and then that i mean that's obviously the bigger danger that what if I, i want to ask these questions to people what if both sides are wrong you know this is devil's advocate territory isn't it this is this is what if my interpretation of the events of the last year is bang on? What you know, just have have any of them thought maybe you know because I I'm, I don't know about you but I've thought about whether or not the the virus is as bad as the worst prognostications of so-called government scientists have said. I've I've considered those things. In fact, it's the reason that they said those things that made me go and consider and research and read and discuss them even more in order to come to a, a, a rational conclusion. But I don't, I don't see any of that from the other side. There's, there's, never, there's never any countenancing of, of, of the fact that it might, might not be as bad as, as they think. I mean, That's one of the reasons it appears sinister to me, because they haven't, they haven't even said... If they said, look, <clears throat> we're not sure how bad this is, particularly a year ago, if they, they said, we're not sure how bad this is, but we must observe the precautionary principle because lives are at stake. Therefore, we're going to lock down, force you to wear masks, etc., etc. Right. There was none of that. None of that at all. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So this is, this is literally a life and death thing right now, right, right this very moment and for the, for the whole of the last year. Arguably health and safety policy for a populace is all life and death and the fact that people do die of flu and cancer and whatever else every year let alone just good old-fashioned old age it these are these are life and death 
um, you know, policy decisions. But right now, people are dying because of the power that was taken, unopposed, by by virtually everyone. Certainly not by politicians, by the public, by the media. You don't. We don't need hypotheticals anymore. Or hyperbole. <laughs> to no to to talk about these things. Is it is it just that authoritarianism is on trend? now is it is it is it just that it's it's perfectly acceptable we've got we've got to a point now where it it it's okay well, that's a good question have our numbers dwindled that much those of us who really you know really truly believe that the state should never have this type of power it's it's difficult to say because the noisy ones <clears throat> the ones shouting for more authoritarianism all the time. It's difficult to know if, if for example, how much, I mean, how how much, how many people would, for example, still wear a mask if they just dropped the mask laws? I, I don't think that many. I think that would be a really interesting thing, um, and I, I suppose I don't, I don't have, I, I don't know whether there's any information out there about the places say in america the states that have dropped their mask mandates about what the mask wearing percentages are in texas they don't at all so did they did they have a mask mandate they did they had to have mask laws they dropped them um right and, and then and people now, just stopped nobody yeah nobody right what does that say it just says people want to follow the rules that it's not about the safety because or they or they just Again, is it just this matter of trust? They trust the people in power implicitly. I, I wouldn't have thought Texans trust people in power. Um, I think they probably just wanted an easy life, didn't want to get fined. Um, so, we're, you know, we're kind of happy to do it for a while. Um, but then they then they kind of removed it. And, yeah, and obviously Texas and places like Florida are, are doing fine, or better, better than lots of other places. Yeah, yeah. So... How do we? How does it? How do we stop this from from just repeating? This, you know, even if even if notionally all of our freedoms are returned to us, back to twenty nineteen levels in in the UK, what's to stop it all from just happening again at the at the, at the drop of a hat? Because I don't see that there is anything at all. Any, I don't even see that there being a natural break to this, particularly. If it kept happening, I mean, I, I suppose I can see a, a time whereby every time we are let's let's just use this viruses and lockdowns, and every time we lock down, that a few more people come over to our side. It, it's going to be people getting worn down. I think that's the only thing. People after after the the, the, the after SARS-CoV-8 will think, hang on a second, I've had enough. Now. But what do you think will actually be the result of that? The government still the government of the time still using all of the same rhetoric and language and policies but just people just ignoring them or them actually going oh hang on they don't like it anymore I better stop it will either be that or it might be um, you know similar, similar to the Brexit party a couple of years ago or, or probably wasn't even that probably only a year ago wasn't it remember the European elections oh, yeah um, it, you know it could be another party like that coming along for, for you know for local elections or you know maybe even a general election the, you know what's what's his name Lawrence Fox with his reclaim is it reclaim so some somebody like that 
will will just come along with another party that just opposes all lockdowns. This is this is if the two, if Labour and the Conservatives, the two main parties, uh, are kind of in lockstep. Somebody else comes along and just causes enough of an upset. Um, so you think that democracy could save us here? I think democracy is more likely to save us than civil unrest, for example. I'm not saying that's my preferred approach. You see, civil disobedience. Civil disobedience. Is, yeah, sure. yeah, it's not. It's not unrest. I don't think that we need. It's 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 people just not just ignoring the rules, just ignoring hugging the rules. their neighbours, you know, um, and their family members. Hugging. Have Have you seen now that that they want to read basically want to redefine what hugging is? Oh, it, if you're if you're having a conversation with anybody about how you should hug them, you're in a very very bad place, and this you're probably suffering from some kind of mental illness. But can you believe that that is? Isn't it like no face no face to face contact or something? Yeah, you, you're, well, you're how, supposed to hug people without being face to face. This is this is. Do you remember that? Do you remember that rhyme? <laughs> One fine day in the middle of the night, two dead men got up to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords, and shot each other. Yes, I remember you. I remember that making you laugh when you were a little kid. I love that. Yes, yeah. I've committed <laughs> it to memory. Um, but that that's what I thought as soon as they said you're supposed to hug people but without facing them. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. There was these. Um, uh, I, I think it was. It was some kind of uh, highly religious. It was. I'm, I'm sure they were Christian, um, but these kind of Puritans in America were basically telling young people, kids, um, that they shouldn't hug each other face to face because that 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 was wrong. It was like almost sexual. So you have to right. have to do a side hug. Side hug. Which is you basically stand next to the person, put your arm around them, and that's fine. Um, right. But you can't you can't hug you know, you can't hug, hug face to face because it's just wrong. Is that a hug? No. No, I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think so. You gotta have both both arms. Hug, hugging is two arms, isn't it? <laughs> a, a proper hug, certainly. Yeah. Uh, no, if you just put your arm around someone, that's just putting your arm around someone? Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. No, that's that's perfectly that's, good, that's fine, and friendly. But it's it's not a hug. It's not a hug. It's not a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of that. Yeah, I've got I've got but who? Another... What what kind of sick individual needs government guidance on how to hug someone? I mean, you are. You no, are it's because such, you're in such a bad place. No, they, they don't. No, they don't. They don't need it. This is you. You you need to you need to go back to. Who's coming up with this shit in the first place? Okay, this isn't this isn't that they've gone. Ah, oh, I think people people are clamouring for some guidance on how to hug. They've just decided that they need to control hugging in the same way that they need to mask the population. Did you hear? Did it's you hear control? Did you hear about Layla Moran? The uh, is she a Lib Dem? She's a Lib Dem. Um, so she is, is she, she the leader of the Lib Dems? No, I think she went for it. This is great. I don't know who the leader of the Lib Dems is. Is it not still Ed Davey? Who's he? I think he's the. Oh I, I, no, I, I do remember him. There's only there's, there's like five of them. It doesn't matter. Anyway, she 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 was um she's a Lib Dem MP um and she was she accused Boris Johnson of an abdication of responsibility by passing the buck back to individuals on deciding whether or not they should be able to hug their their family. What? Passing the buck. Hashtag liberal spring. It's it's incredible. I mean, so I mean, 
I kind of talked, tweeted about that, saying, well, the government guidance says you really shouldn't punch your boyfriend in the face, but that didn't seem to stop her. So she's, you know, she, she's, <laughs> she's been guilty of domestic abuse. Um, and she's having a go at people for hugging each other. Well, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Did that? Yeah, she's, she's smashed her chap around a few times. A few times? Well, I think in the one session, but yeah, she was repeatedly punching him in the face from what I understand. Is, is that just something that's just out there? Has there been proper news coverage of Oh, that? yeah, sure. Yeah, Google it. Google it. Layla Moran, really? domestic abuse. Yeah. A member of parliament. Mm. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, you see, I've got a note. I've got a note here because I mentioned the Iraq War before, uh, and I've, I've, I've got a note. So it's not the same as warring nations. This is about the conquest of the individual, not other states. And I quite like that term, conquest of the individual, because you can. It's very easy to argue that countries shouldn't be at war. And it's, it's, it's quite easy to be on one side or the other, or even to advocate that you should attack some countries and not, and not others. I, you know, I, I don't believe that these things should really happen, but I, 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 can, I can understand that. But as soon as you turn to the state versus the people, then where is there to go? Where is there to go other, other than some form of of disobedience but obviously the, the the problem with that is the potential backlash that you get um either from the state or from or from other members of the public i heard well that- I, I i went i went to tesco's the big tesco yeah for the first time in ages um likewise in the last week because i um i fancied a burger king i just had a hankering for a, ah. like a double whopper and had a you know yeah big burger for ages so i thought i'm gonna pop to burger king and it was just i i didn't i, I was wandering around without a mask. Yep. It just felt. I didn't like it. I don't. I don't like going there with masks. I don't like going there without masks. I just, I just yep. felt odd. Even, even though I'm kind of thinking, you know, there are all these sheep around me, and I'm, I'm, you know, the only sane one. I think I was the only one. I no, there were a couple of other people I saw without. Oh, masks. was it? Because when I went, I literally didn't see another soul. Yeah, there were there were, there were a couple a couple of young girls. Um, okay. Who um, one of them was pushing a pushing a pram with a friend, um, and yeah, they weren't they weren't wearing masks either. Everybody else, and it was quite busy. Everybody else was was wearing some some kind of mask. Yeah, but I I, I don't like it. I, I, I just don't I'm, like the experience at all. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Um, but it, I, I don't get I don't get challenged. And this is this is something I've said in the past as well. Because I'm a six foot two skinhead, and reasonably big, people just don't don't bother. But I feel for whenever you see a video of some mask Karen haranguing someone, yeah, it's always like a young girl or or an old lady or someone vulnerable. It's like pick on someone your own size. So I've now been challenged twice in the last two weeks really yeah and i'm not frequenting shops particularly very often because i don't enjoy the experience at all uh and i also don't want to reward the places that are sure you know really making sure. a fuss on it um i did go into uh, i don't mind uh, name dropping in the same way you've mentioned tesco i did go into uh marks and spencer's uh food bit uh, and uh, and there was a there was an employee there, a lady there, you know, scrubbing down all of the baskets or whatever to to, to give people. Um, but she wasn't wearing uh, a mask, and she gave me a proper broad grin and a good morning. So I, you know, I, I reciprocated. Uh, so that, that that makes it when when people are friendly and disarming in that way, and that the employees are, then it it genuinely goes a long way. To making you feel more comfortable walking around, walking around the place. 
when I went to Tesco a few days ago, the same big Tesco, I mean, it was the largest Tesco in Europe at some point, I don't know if it still is. So it's a big, big shop, big, massive aisles, and plenty of room, plenty of room for social distancing there. <laughs> all, all I saw was the adjustments. Everyone touching their face. Oh, Everyone sure. pulling it up and down a bit, doing this, or, you know, well, you tell me, what percentage of mask wearers had them under their nose? Oh, it's, it's, it's quite high. It's quite. I would high. say thirty-five-ish. Yeah, thirty percent yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's probably high, but ninety percent touching their face in some way, adjusting their mask whenever whenever you turn around and and, and look at them. Um, like you, I don't enjoy doing it, but that time I went around there, I uh, I I just felt sorry for them all. Mm. There was there was this, I just looked around. I was like. There's, you know, two supposed COVID deaths registered the day before or whatever. You know, it's, even by the government's own measures, it's just not around. And yet here you are, just just doing it, doing as you're told, for, for no good reason at all. Um, and this is, this is what I worry about. This is, this is I, I, I worry for our future and our family's future in a world where at the drop of a hat, Everyone will do exactly as they're told without looking to see whether or not there is something really bad happening in the, in the background. Yeah, I mean, it's giving, it's giving a lot of people a lot of useful information about just what people will do if they're told to. And, and, and this, is, this is the point I think that Dave, Dave Smith was making, wasn't it? It's, it's, it's the next time. And, and you know, what, it's going to be even worse because they know what they can do to you next time they they well, know you, they can push even further they, they can, can try it. they can try it. did i did i tell you about um going back to the gym because i i've um, oh yeah you mentioned you yeah, back so, to your your old yeah so the, old the gym that I, I first joined back in the 90s um yeah and it's a proper spit and sawdust place yeah um but i went back and it's been i've been going almost every day now it's like it's like my sanctuary right it's like going back to 2019 right i've only ever seen one mask there in the whole time, and this was some some young lad who, again, he had it like around his mouth, under his nose. Idiot. Nobody else, n- yeah, in the gym. Nobody else was wearing. Was he working them. out with it on? Or was he was working out. No, he was working out. Even more of an idiot. Um, and it was, but it's been fantastic. You know, nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody wears masks. Nobody worries about social distancing. Everyone is so friendly. Even people I've never seen before. Yeah, it's just a nice place to be. Nobody who works there. You know, the, the guy, the guy sitting on the desk. People don't wear masks. Yep. I remember when I rang them up and said, "Look, I, I know you're open again. What, what's the deal with masks?" And the guy was like, "Well, you know, you can, you can, you know, it's, it's like normal." I'm like, yeah, "What does that mean?" He's like, "Well, you can wear a mask if you want to." I'm like, "Listen, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wear a mask when I lift weights. I need to breathe." And he just laughs. He says, "Look, nobody wears masks. Just come on over." So I came on over and like joined. You know, as soon as I was there, I'm like, "This is it. This is this is kind of back to back to normal again." And it's just, it's like going back. It feels like you're going back in time, and it's only when you kind of go back to something like that and then you kind of go to the real world again yeah. like go back to testing and you think what is everyone doing it's like but it's just it's my corner of sanity at the moment just kind of yeah. going to the gym for an hour with all with just rational human beings uh keeping themselves fit lifting weights you know it's fun anyway but yeah. nobody's wearing masks people are friendly and yeah it's just it's amazing well i'm in i'm in no fit state to do any lifting uh at the moment for a, a medical condition that we sure. may be going to in another, another time but, but that's why i joined because i can't train with you you can't moment. train with me um uh, can, can i join just to go and visit and just chat to some people yeah sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would almost be worth it just to turn up 
and be there and be normal with some yeah, other people. Sure, sure. I mean, go back to the hugging. And the, as soon as someone tries to redefine this stuff, you know, you, you can hug, but you know, turn your turn your face away when you hug. Or I just want to go up to random strangers and give them a big sloppy wet kiss right now, because I want to go further than the government want me to with uh, with a hug. You know, I, you know, I, you know get the t-shirt. You know, hugs available. You know, walk around, <laughs> walk around the street. Um, you know, getting this, but. Just because it annoys me so much, and and because it represents again, it just represents control. As you as you quite rightly said, no one in their right mind needs to be told how to hug. So it's got to be something. What? Why that isn't another? It's like it's like they keep giving us these red flags every single time, every single time, and yet people people want, and people want to listen. And this is this is the thing. Okay. The, the devil's advocate stuff, the what, the what if I'm right, you know, what if I'm, what if my interpretation of this stuff is right? This is, this is literally a matter of life and death. Okay, so this is the perfect time for a little bit of scrutiny, a little bit of using your brain, a bit of critical thinking, a bit of reading, a bit of, a bit of discussion about it. Okay, when and you had a year. We did, we did this a year ago. Well, yeah, over, over a year ago. We yeah. did, we did this in kind of February, March, and. We realised pretty early on that it was only old people dying. Um, it wasn't as serious as, as you know as people made out. I can see why people don't care about you know what paperclip supplier the Department for International Development has. Yeah, I I I get that. This is about the largest power grab in the history of this country, certainly in the modern history. Don't you think maybe you should check that it's right? Is this is this because it's not just is it is this is this the big three? Is it government in power, opposition, and media? Is it is it because of the, the all three of them together are in lockstep? Um, yeah, and I think I, I still think, want to blame the British people. Because I was going to say I, th- I think they're going with it, but yeah, pe- people are people are still still stupid. I mean, I could say, okay, just just to flip this around a little bit, you know, you gave the example before that even if you believe that it's something like this, yes, something must be done for, for want of a better term. Even if you agree with every single measure that's been taken this time around. So I, I would argue that even if you agree that, that all these things should be done, you don't want to give the government the power to do that because in the long term, they will, it, it's inevitable that they will use it for, for, for bad things. For the wrong reasons. Yeah, even if you agree with these reasons. No, ab- yeah. absolutely. I did. I, I thought this clearly incorrectly, and we'll, we'll leave it here if you like. I thought that people would be a bit more discerning no. about what goes into their body. Yeah, but 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 now it, it's it's not even hugging family members. This is about what gets injected in you. So I've had my. Text messages now, oh, and my letters, harangued all the time. Yeah, it's just delete, delete, delete. Because you get get them directly from the NHS. I've been getting. Them I've got them from my doctor's surgery from as my well. doctor's surgery. Exactly same here. Um, the, the the last one they were very very keen to point out it was the Pfizer vaccine. Yes, I had that. Did one. you have that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I I I thought oh well, perhaps perhaps they, they save that did nugget you? of information for people who don't respond. Did you? <laughs> it's not AstraZeneca. It's <laughs> Pfizer. So, you know, it's okay to be anti-A-vaccine now, isn't it? Because AstraZeneca bad. 
I mean, disproportionately, the number of deaths and serious adverse reactions. But I remember, I remember reading that text message because that came through. I think it came through this morning or yesterday. It was, it was quite recent. Yeah, same here. They obviously were in the same wave. Yeah, and um, and I remember thinking, so this is the this is the nationalised health service in yeah. league with, you know, with kind of private business. I'm like, it's like this is just communo-fascism, isn't it? You know, this is like yes. the worst of both worlds. Big government harangued by big government plus and big, big farmer. farmer. Yeah. Yeah, and as I say, this is about this is about in- injecting stuff that fundamentally changes what your body is supposed to do. This isn't like just injecting something foreign and having your body deal with that in the way that it's designed to do. I know we're rehashing old ground here on vaccines, but it's still worth underlining yet it's again. It's not an inoculation, I think is what you're saying, isn't it? If, if, if only people understood these terms. Sure. Um, but that's why they've chosen the term the vaccine. Well, they had to, didn't they have to change the definition of vaccine in order to say that? Well, they've changed the definition of hug, so I don't, I don't sure. doubt it whatsoever. Can I lighten the mood? You can. Okay, so do you remember, and this was one of our very first podcasts, um, back in 2018 it would have been, where I did a, a section on Nikolai Kondratiev. It was oh, like yeah. a rush. This is still one of my favourite, one did, of my favourite podcasts. We did two podcasts on tax statistics. The first one was well, no, this, about Kondratiev. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, so the first one was and then we followed it up. Yes, yeah, so the first one was the first section was about Nikolai Kondratiev, who was a Russian economist and about as liberal as you could absolutely get away with in Russia. Yeah. In you know in the, in the the beginning of the twentieth century. Yeah. And I remember saying we should do more of these, where we kind of find individuals and you know not judge them by today's standards, judge them by the standards. And of after the time. three years, you found someone else. After three years, I found another guy. <laughs> so this, have you ever heard of Timothy Dexter? No. Well, I, I hadn't until recently, but this this guy is hilarious. He's and he's, right. he's brilliant, right? So he was born in 1747. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's put into some context. Died at the beginning of the of the uh, the nineteenth um, century. Yeah. Not very old. So a lot a long time ago. He was he was an eccentric, and he used to he used to play the fool a bit. But he was very very he used to use use that to his advantage. Um, what did it, what did he do? Is this a politician or is this? No 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 no, very very anti politics. Um, but he was so. So why is he famous? Well, he used to he was like a merchant. And he made quite a bit of money, bought a couple of ships, and then used to kind of ship things and, and, and sell them for, for, for profit. Okay. Um, and so he first started to make he, he make money, but he bought large amounts of it deprecated continental currency during the uh, American Revolutionary War um, because it was worthless at the time. Right. Um, and at the end of the war, the U.S. government apparently made good on its notes at 1% of the face value. But in Massachusetts... They paid its notes at par, so he made a lot of money. <laughs> bought two ships um, with his with his profit, and then began like an export business to Europe and to the West Indies. An American chap, um, so, so he was a bit of a speculator. Oh, to for start sure, with. for sure. But he but he used to <clears throat> everything he did, he'd find he'd somehow find a way to turn it to his advantage. Yeah, and people people were trying to because he, he was he was uneducated. He wasn't you know he, he wasn't a scholar or anything. He was just a, just a guy, but he was he was very very astute. But people used to they used to try and uh, you know his competitors would kind of give him false information. So one of the things they did was he was advised to send uh, bed warmers to the West Indies. Okay, because <laughs> they were trying to bankrupt him. Yeah. Um, but so he, but he shipped them over there, sold them as ladles to the molasses industry for a huge profit. Fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, 
the next time, and he and, and he also he he had this he had this knack of what he'd do is he'd kind of he'd send things to places that were kind of midway somewhere. So he sent woolen mittens to the same place um, where Asian merchant merchants bought them back to export them to Siberia. Right. So he would he would find out where other kind of ships were going and stuff, and he'd he'd sell okay. he'd sell them on the way. Proper supply chain. Yeah, stuff. sure. But but another thing. So people apparently he was next told to ship coal to Newcastle, right. <laughs> which he did. But he waited until there was a, a miners' strike, <laughs> shipped all his coal to Newcastle, made another massive profit. <sighs> I mean, this guy's an absolute an absolute genius. Um, uh, he he. What, what else did he do? He um, uh, he sold uh, gloves to the South Sea Islands. Um, uh, but again, this was to to Portuguese boats on the way to China. So he'd he just you know, he'd come right. he'd, he'd sell these things. Um, proper to, global trader. Then. Oh yeah, proper entrepreneur. He managed to sell stray cats to the Caribbean islands because they had a bit of a rat infestation. So he kind of Good. picked up all these stray cats and took them over there so that they were in need. Apparently, he hoarded whale bones by mistake, but then made a profit on those as corset stays. So I think that's where whalebone corsets come from. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's just, you know, I've made a mistake. What can I what can I possibly do with all these whalebones? I know, corsets. Just managed see to that you see, I mean you used the use the, the E word, entrepreneur, which uh, which I'm not a not a big fan of. Um, this guy was a sound businessman. That that's what he was. He was he was good at running a business and that meant serving his customers, making a profit and you know, turning to the next thing. But what I what I love there is I love the broad range sure. of things there, and the fact that he had to use his brain. This isn't just someone who has just made one product or bought one thing from one place and sold it to another with a bit of markup. No, he's a wheeler dealer. We, yeah, totally. He's, totally. he's, he's, the, he's the, a wheeler dealer. The the, the Dell boy, but a successful one. But he's been in the eighteenth century. He's been very funny in a number of things. Apparently, he um so he didn't. I don't think he got on well with his wife. Um, and and so he told he told visitors that his wife was dead, um, even even though even she, she was very much alive. <laughs> and he maintained that if they saw her, that was just her ghost. <laughs> he also he also faked his own death to see how people would react. Oh, that's funny. Um, and apparently, about three thousand people attended his mock wake. Um, but one of the one of the best things about him is I'll, I'll <laughs> what did you jump out and say "Bullshit!" <laughs> one of the, one of the best things um, I like about him. At the age of fifty, he uh, he authored a book entitled "A Pickle for the Knowing Ones," in which he complained about politicians, the clergy, and his wife. Okay, <laughs> but this this book, okay, so it contained eight thousand eight hundred forty seven words, uh, which is three thousand thirty three thousand eight hundred sixty four letters, zero punctuation. What? Okay, no punctuation whatsoever. It was just he wrote an eight thousand word book with no punctuation. Well, nearly nearly nine thousand words. Um, the first edition was published in eighteen o two. He initially distributed it for free, um, but then it became popular, so he kind of reprinted it and made money off it. In the second edition, apparently there were complaints about the la- the book's lack of punctuation, so he added an extra page of eleven lines of punctuation marks <laughs> with the instruction that printers and readers could insert them wherever they needed. <laughs> What a laugh! That's great. So I thought this—he was—he was, you know, you know, an example of, a, of a, an entrepreneur, a wheeler dealer, a proper capitalist back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, hats off to uh, Mr. Dexter. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, we should we should find out more but before before three years. <laughs> see if we can find someone before the next three years. 
No, very good. Brilliant. I think we should end it there. Thank you for listening to Sounding Board. Uh, you can find us at soundingboard.com. Uh, as always, we don't want your money, but please share it with your friends and family, and we'll be very grateful. Thanks for listening.